Pet Resource Radio is sponsored by La Mega KC, Kansas City Spanish radio station. Listen online or at 100.5 FM. We're also sponsored by our friends at 1KC Radio. Listen at 100.1 in the KC Metro or online at 1kcradio.org. A new combatant has entered the animal welfare arena, which is great because KC really needs their help. We talk with Britton Hunter and Andrea Kenobi from Fixum KC today on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Dave Shapiro. And I'm Sierra Howe. Welcome to the show. We're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together through supportive services. Indeed it is. How are you today, Sierra? I'm getting over my cold, so my throat's all dry. I feel like I'm not on my A game. Right. But other than that, we're recording on a Friday. Yeah, we're recording on a Friday. TGIF. TGIF. It's been a busy week. It's been a cold week. It has. Well, um, not too cold compared to like well, a couple of weeks ago. I guess that's a good point. Um, I only have, I have like the memory of a goldfish. So if it's cold today, it's been cold forever. So yeah, it's been, you know, it's been cold and it's also been very busy. Um, it has. Especially in our urgent care. Urgent care has been very, very busy this There's week. There's lots of pets and families who need help and we're here too. Be there for them. And yep. you can too if you donate or volunteer or want to apply for a job. Yeah. Get in right on the now. action. So, yeah, exactly. But for now, why don't we go do some pet news? All righty. Scruff is a 13 year old border collie from Nuneaton, England, and we hope more humans take after him. He's not your typical dog who stops to sniff everything while out on a walk. Instead, he's making the environment a better place every day by picking up plastic water bottles and recycling them. His parents, Yvonne and David, say he used to love picking out the best sticks on his route, but his vet recommended he stop doing that to avoid getting scratches on the inside of his mouth. But just like other working dog breeds, the Border Collie wanted and needed a job to do, which is when his parents started Scruff's Bottle Patrol. He goes on a morning and evening walk, and he averages about four to five bottles a day. And in total, Yvonne and David estimate that Scruff has picked up more than a thousand water bottles. Quote, hopefully it sends a good message to other people around the world to just pick up litter and not leave it to animals to do it, David says. We wouldn't be doing this if people did pick up the litter in the first place. So, you know, we've all got to save the planet and look after it somehow. Cute story. Yeah, it's real cute. I love to see um, animals bringing attention to things that humans should be taking care of. I mean, but his dad is right. It should be our responsibility. Yeah. So we really should be paying this dog. Honestly. For picking up our trash. It needs to be on the payroll. What? And it just shows how pure and good dogs are. Yep. Agreed. So, I well, think you can follow them on Instagram. I don't know their hashtag, but we'll put the link to the article in the in the notes. Yep. So, you can check it out for yourself. And yeah. And he's them. 13. I love that he's still going on two walks a day. Yes. Which is going to tie into the last segment. So, mm-hmm. make sure to stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, well, next up, two dogs in Australia are recovering after a very scary snake bite situation. Finding Daisy and Dixie in her bed, paralyzed and frothing, Debbie Duane admittedly freaked out. She thought it was a toad that they'd gotten a hold of, so she washed their mouths out and took them to the vet. It was there that the veterinarian found snake bites on Daisy. They were bitten by a large, 
eastern brown snake, which is the world's second most venomous land snake and is responsible for around 60% of human snake bite deaths in Australia. Both dogs were given anti-venom immediately and are doing well after four days of recovery in the vet hospital. Quote, no one, including the vets, say they should have lived, says Debbie. Brown snake bites aren't uncommon in Australia, though around 88% of dogs survive their snake bites. Treatment isn't cheap and it needs to happen immediately. Brown snake venom actually affects the blood's ability to clot, making it much more likely for bite victims to bleed to death. General symptoms of venomous snake bites on dogs include lethargy, muscle tremors, dilated pupils, paralysis, and vomiting. Anyway, all of this is to say, don't live in Australia. Yeah, I wouldn't even live in like the Southwest because they have lots of like snakes, tarantulas, scorpions. No, thank you. Yeah, and then Australia is just like a bigger version of that. Literally. Yeah, no. Yeah, and definitely not going to Australia. But I don't even know what I would do. I mean, it sounds like she didn't notice that her dog got bitten by a snake. Right. Um, so I, you know, if, but still, if I saw a snake out on a walk, I would probably panic. Yeah, you'd and get out of there. For sure, because especially, you know, the, the you and the dog are going to be bigger than the snake. The snake's going to be freaked out. And, you know, dogs, they want to investigate everything while out on a walk, like we were just talking about. So yeah. my dogs would definitely be up, be the ones to like, go up to the snake, ready to fight. Like, yep. oh, I'm glad she washed out her mouth and got her to a vet. I wouldn't, I'm, shout out to her for thinking on her feet. Like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, and, for sure. Definitely, you know, they were very lucky to survive. We're, we're very happy that they're doing well. Hopefully no one else gets bit by a snake. Yep, ever again. Bitten. That's okay. I forgive you. Okay. Okay, why don't we go talk to Andrea and Britton from Fixum Casey? Okay. Some KC may be due to the animal welfare scene, but two of its masterminds are not. Britton Hunter and Andrea Kenobi have been strong advocates for animals in this community for years, and we're thrilled to have them on the show today. Andrea, Britton, welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, always glad to provide a place for people to get their information out when they're doing awesome stuff with pets. So nice. very glad to have you. <laughs> So what is the mission of Fixum KC? What role do you see the organization playing in the KC welfare community? So our mission is to reduce the animal population in greater Kansas City by educating pet owners on the importance of spay and neuter and the benefits of having your pet spay or neutered, um, along with partnering with other animal welfare organizations that have that are like-minded, um, local municipalities, and then ultimately subsidizing the cost of the spay and neuter for folks who want to do the right thing but may not be able to afford it. Okay. So, and that's obviously something that we're on board with here. So we are very happy to yes. see you all show up. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Um, so my understanding is that Fixum KC grew from the ashes of Friends of KC Animals. Can we talk about that change and how the two organizations differ? Yeah, so that's right. Um Friends of KC Animals assisted homeless animals and pet owners with various veterinary expenses, um, including spays and neuters, in an effort to keep pets in loving homes. And we helped many thousands of families over a 12-year period. Um, 
ultimately, though, you realize it's it's just a lot easier to help animals in need if there are fewer of them. Right. So yeah. the charter decided to kind of narrow focus and simply aim to spay and neuter and microchip um, as many pets as we can uh, to reduce those numbers of animals. Yeah. Um, so what, what kind of support do you offer? So similar to the um, question that I answered just a second ago, we offer the subsidized spay and neuter surgeries for people who, again, may not be able to afford the cost of the surgery, but mm-hmm. want to do the right thing. Um, we also offer financial assistance for community cat takers and trappers. So we help with the cost of the um, spay and neuter for uh, TNR, trap neuter return. Uh, that is a huge issue in our community. Yeah. Um, and we also offer, um, we extend um, education as well because a lot of folks don't know, for example, in Kansas City, Kansas, that they have a spay and neuter ordinance. So it is required Mm-hmm. Um, by the county to have your animals spay and neutered. And I can't tell you how many people that we've talked to that really don't know that. Right. Um, so we offer that um, link of education as well. And then, of course, in Kansas City, Missouri, we know there's um, a spay and neuter ordinance on pit bulls and mm-hmm. pit bull mixes. Right. So, yeah, very important that people understand that and why it's important to, um, you know, take advantage of our services. Uh, we love that. Yeah, that edu- that education piece is always so important um, because mm-hmm. people are so unaware sometimes of the ways that they could get in trouble, that their dogs could get impounded, mm-hmm. that, you know, all right. that sort of stuff. So that's well, and I think I think that they're also unaware um, that you know seventy percent of the animals in the shelter are quote unquote pit bulls or right. pit bull mixes, right? And so. The last thing we want to do, especially being, a, you know, a pity owner myself and, and a lover of these bully breed dogs, is see more of them. Um, we just really need everyone to not not let their pit bulls have have babies because they're just they're too many already in the shelter of all different ages and sizes and sex, all of that. Um, we need to find all of those dogs loving and responsible homes before adding to the mix. Right. Your website lists and your values that we will treat people and pets with compassion, dignity, and kindness. What does that mean to you? And and how does that work in practice? Well, this is very, very important to us. We always start by building a trusting relationship with Mm -hmm. pet owners. We want to make sure that we treat every situation and every pet owner with the utmost respect that they deserve. Um, We believe if you treat people as human beings, um, we will build credibility with the pet owner as well as within the community and achieve greater results. So we believe that if you treat people with dignity, they're more likely to cooperate and listen to our recommendations. And that's true because that's definitely like I don't I mean, I'm in communications now, but I started an outreach and it's you reach so many more people. Um, Yeah. Your values also talk about alleviating the financial burden on taxpayer-funded community shelters. Let's talk about that for a bit. Well, yeah. I mean, it's clearly less expensive to operate shelters when there are fewer animals or residents in them. Um, And honestly, it's also easier for animal control to respond to emergencies when there are fewer stray animals out there on the street. Right. So, you know, we have uh, 54,000 square foot Um, facility um, in 
Kansas City to, you know, take in animals who are brought in through animal control and animal surrenders. But I mean, it's it's still not enough space because the amount of animals is so overwhelming. And if we can spay and neuter pretty much everything that walks at this point, then you're just naturally going to decrease those numbers Mm -hmm. and it will be less expensive for the shelter to operate. And it's interesting. I I think that's a really good way to frame it because I I know there are, you know, there are those people that are hard to reach um, in terms of Mm -hmm. animal welfare. And I, I think putting that before them is, you know, probably an incentive for them to support something that they might not otherwise support. Sure. Yeah. Um, one of the things we're really happy to see is, as you talked about earlier, uh, working with community cat caretakers and and helping and helping finance TNR. Let's talk about the importance of TNR as you see it, and and what your hopes for the community are in that area. So I think trap neuter return really is a collaborative effort amongst people in the community that are caring for the cats, um, as well as rescue groups. So it creates opportunities for outreach, education, collaboration, cooperation. Um, So many people don't know, um, but one female cat can have anywhere from 20 to 27 kittens per year. So if you take that, for example, and you multiply those female cats having kittens, I mean, the, the numbers are just astronomical. So um, you know, TNR significantly improves the lives of the community cats, um, helps prove, improve relationships with the caretakers. And then, of course, most importantly, decreases the size of these um, colonies over time. And this is happening, you know, the, the overpopulation is everywhere. It's KCK, KC Mo, right. um, but the same premise holds true. Um, TNR is the solution. So our goal is to partner with local vets um, and sponsor monthly or bi-monthly uh, feral cat clinics, ultimately reducing thousands of unwanted litters. Nice. Um, the tricky part, yeah, the tricky part of that is um, getting uh, clinics to say yes and yeah. open their doors because of the appointment piece of it is really the long haul intent. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, personally, I'm a big. Uh, TNR head. I'm a cat guy. Um, and, you know, when the pandemic hit and we sl- we kind of cut back on the number of cat clinics that we were doing because we were seeing so much mm-hmm. de- demand in other areas. Um, it's one of those right. things that I've always been hoping for us to get back to. I mean, we're still doing them quarterly, but gosh, it's such a huge problem. And I'm really glad that that you all are are addressing that. Thank you. So something that there's not a ton of details on, uh, but I, I can't not ask, is the idea of establishing a vet network to create more accessibility to vet care for low-income pet owners. What does that look like? So, yeah, the idea here is to develop a broad partnership of vets across the area to make getting care as easy as possible. Um, transportation to and from the vet, we have found, can be quite a challenge for mm-hmm. some pet owners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that, you know, it's it's really important to have uh, for convenience of making sure that if we have, you know, vets dialed in within Kansas City, Kansas, uh, with Kansas City, Missouri, and of course, you know, um, the Pet Resource Center is definitely um, a preferred um resource that we've been using, um, mm-hmm. ever since we launched and, um, it's, it's going absolutely terrific. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. 
Um, so if people are interested in supporting your work, what's the best way to go about it? Well, I'd suggest that they visit our website. Uh, it's fixemkc.org, F-I-X-E-M-K-C.org, and click on the resources tab. Uh, there you can make a tax-deductible donation online. Um, you can find our mailing address if you prefer to mail a check to support our efforts. Um, we'd also ask that, you know, especially with business owners out there, um, you can donate goods or services mm-hmm. that we can then use as auction items for fundraising. Oh. And of course we need people to spread the word. I right. mean, we need donations to support all of these surgeries, but we also need to reach all of the families that need help. Right. Um, otherwise we're, we're not accomplishing our goals. So, you know, speak with your neighbors, um, bring it up at work. If, if you think that there are people that might be kind of vulnerable and need this kind of help, we really want to hear from them. And those applications are online, um, again, at fixemkc.org. They can fill out an assistance form and we'll get back with them and help them, um, fix their pets. That's fantastic. Yeah. I I've been, you know, I'm on, of course the, all the pet groups in Kansas city to kind of keep tabs on what's going on in the community. And I've seen, I've seen your name bandied about quite a bit. So it seems like the word (laughs) is getting out there, um, which is great because, you know, it's, we have a decent reach as an organization we do, but it's, there's just always those people that you're not going to reach. So any, any avenue, any way to get information to people about how they can get help for their pets is just fantastic. And we are really happy that you all exist and uh, really happy for the work that you're doing in the community. So uh, Andrea and Britton, thank you very much for being on Pet Resource Radio. Thank you so much. And thanks for all you do. January is Walk Your Dog Month. Why January? Our guess is that because it's one of the colder months of the year, it's also one of the months where we're less likely to take our dogs out on walks. So let's tell you why it's important. First, there's the obvious. It's good to get exercise. Not just them, but you as well. Walking your dog a few times a week can help with cardiovascular fitness and blood pressure, as well as just building up those muscles from regular working. And pets, walking lowers the risk of obesity. Obesity in pets is linked to a whole bunch of things like osteoarthritis, cardiovascular disease, and liver disease. Okay, but if that exercise is good for them, why not just let them out in the backyard? Because it's about more than just physical exercise. It's about providing mental stimulation as well. Variety is the spice of life, and walking your dog along different routes gives them a chance to experience new things and meet new people. But also, your dog loves you and loves spending time with you. It's good for their emotional health for your pup to get in some quality time. While the amount of walking you do will depend on the dog in question, it's best to aim for 30-minute walks five times a week. Always keep your dog on a leash as it's, you know, the law and whatnot, but also it keeps them safe. Make sure your dog has their tags on in case you get separated somehow. Always account for weather and limit walks when it's too hot or too cold. And make sure to clean up after them. Nobody wants a surprise on their lawn. The main thing is to make it a habit. Once your pet understands that this is part of their daily routine, they'll start looking forward to it. And we bet you will too. Maybe that's another reason January is Walk Your Dog Month. A new year is a great time to start healthy habits.
And now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks again to Britton and Andrea for being on the show today. If you want to learn about the amazing work they're doing, head over to fixemkc.org. As for us, we're a nonprofit dedicated to keeping pets and people together, and you can help. Just go to prckc.org and you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store, and more. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, please rate us and leave us a review. That always helps new people find us. And for all of the latest information, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. So tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as the science fiction writer Andre Norton said, perhaps it is because cats do not live by human patterns, do not fit themselves into prescribed behavior, but they are so united to creative people. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. Produced, written, and hosted by Sierra Howe and David Shapiro. Recorded, mixed, and mastered by Dave Shapiro. Music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Musical Industries. 